Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Lawn. And so I wanted to talk to you guys today about lukewarm Christians. Should Christians judge, right? Because there's seems to be some clear instruction from Jesus, as well as what is my view on some of these things. Now, uh, we're doing our own halftime Super Bowl stream. Despite popular opinion, I actually read and engage with a lot of my comments. A couple of pet peeves of mine is when people comment before leaving uh, be- before watching the video, don't do that. That's extremely annoying. Please don't do that. Don't comment before you watch a video. Don't comment in all caps, okay? Don't comment in all caps. It's extremely annoying. Finish the video before you comment on the question in the video. And so I, I-, I wanted to put that out there, but I am very vigilant about keeping my comment section um, toxic free because I do spend a lot of time engaging with my comment section and paying attention to, is this someone who disagrees with me and we could have dialogue about this and maybe I could help and maybe I can learn something or is this someone that's just being combative and nasty? And in terms of my comment section, I could kind of figure out the, the, the difference. How do I know the difference? Because I read the comments, I text with people on my super phone. If you guys want to join my super phone, the link's in the description. And this video was inspired by a text message I got from somebody I disagreed with, but the tone of it wasn't one that was nasty, wasn't one that was combative. And I'm going to get to that in a second. But when it comes to my comment section, if you've been blocked in my comment section, if you've been kicked out of my comment section, um, just know this. Uh, it's, it's not, it's not just about you and what you want to say and your freedom of speech rights. Um, In the same way, you wouldn't be able to just walk into my house and talk any type of way you want in front of my son, in front of my wife. It's the same way none of y'all don't get to pull up in my comment section and just flippantly say whatever you want uh, because you think you you have a degree of anonymity behind a keyboard, right? Why do I say that? Because again, I invite people I disagree with all the time to hop into my Patreon Zoom calls all the time, which happens multiple times a week. So with that, if you guys wonder, why is Ruslan so vigilant? Why did I get uh, Why did I get uh, kicked out of a stream? Why did I get put in timeout? Why, why, uh, why can't I leave comments anymore? And by the way, the hide feature on YouTube is extremely savage, meaning that if I hit the hide button, you get to keep watching and keep commenting and thinking that your comments are being seen, but they're not. You're dead. He did. Uh, and so it's hilarious that that, that feature is kind of savage, like unlike any other feature. And so with that, um, this doesn't happen all the time. And there's 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 uh, keywords that are, are 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 filtered out by YouTube automatically, and then there's keywords that are filtered out by me. And one of these keywords I'm getting there is the word lukewarm. Okay, this word is used often. It's used out of context, and what how people use it, lukewarm Christian, and everybody gets everybody uses it so flippantly is out of context of what the actual phrasing, what the passage is talking about, in my opinion. And, uh, and, 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 and it really has been watered down to say, I disagree with you on a secondary, non-essential, non-heaven or hell issue. You're a lukewarm 
Christian. You don't agree with my political views. You must be a lukewarm Christian. You don't agree with my views on liberty, and I have restraint in an area you don't. You are a lukewarm Christian, literally with the finger knob. I get called a lukewarm Christian dozens of times a week, believe it or not. Why? Because I'm not freaking binary about all this stuff because there are some absolute things in the, that the scriptures are clear about and then there's secondary non-essential issues and we're going to talk about those, okay? So, lukewarm Christians, should Christian judge? We, we judge. We, we're going to get into all of that. We're going to get into all that. But I had to set the precedent for the comment section because a lot of y'all just don't really get it. And a lot of y'all watching right now are, are trying to chat or like comment and you don't know that I don't even see your comments anymore because you dead. He dead. It's, it's a wrap for you, right? And there has been people that have reached out and I've built with and I've and I've removed them uh, from the, the blocked section of my comment thread. And, 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 and anyway, it's been good. But with all that said, if you wonder why I'm vigilant, uh, because it's not about you. I'm not an avatar you just get to yell at in all capital letters in a comment section. By, by and large, the majority of folks who watch my videos are extremely gracious, extremely humble, and even folks who disagree, who reach out to me privately via DM, who reach out privately uh, or, or publicly via a Zoom call, ends up being super, super cool, super gracious, and we learn from each other. Or at the very least, we learn what we disagree on. Now, today, I got a text message from somebody in my super phone, and they asked me this question about lukewarm Christians. Kid you not. Hey, matter of fact, should I, should I just pull it up? Uh, check this out. So I'm not going to say his name, but check this out. This is the question that came in this morning. Brother Ruslan, hope you're doing great. I came across your channel and after not having a good first reaction to your stuff, I've grown to really like you as a person. Very humble, gracious, seem like a great man of God in general. I was really hoping to connect with you to chop it up about how you balance living for God and living in the world. This person could have just done a couple clips and know that I do weekly Zoom calls where people could connect with me, but that's either here. I was still replied engaged in this conversation. Um, you know, I you know, I know you make music and I saw you still talk about people like Young Thug, and you also seem to be friends with lukewarm Christians like Lecrae. But I can fully safely say your theology is spot on and makes me say amen every time, every time, brother, as a fundamental Baptist. Anyways, a little rambly, hope this makes sense. So I asked him what would make him presume that Lecrae is a lukewarm Christian. And he said, um... You never want another brother to be lukewarm. And he says, um, he says, I guess I still have too much of the fundamental view because of a lot of his songs aren't entirely dedicated to Christ. And he's even said he's not a Christian rapper. And then I saw a video where he would condone homosexuality, which I believe you and I fall on the same side here. I don't think it's a black and white as most people make it and we're... Blah, 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 but I don't know, whatever. I see a popular Christian back down on a topic like this. I think that was a typo. Then he brought up some of the, you know, the political stuff. So, okay. So this person is asking me, why am I affiliated uh, with Lecrae? Or not why am I affiliated? Yeah, I, see, I still see you have some affiliations with lukewarm Christians. So we, we, we had a cool exchange and I thought, you know what? Let's do a study 
Um, he hasn't been blocked, by the way. No, 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 he hasn't been blocked. This is a, a super phone text message. And I explained and he was willing to hear me out. Um, th- this, is, this is what I mean. Comment section. Like I, I actually engage with people I disagree with, right? Like I actually engage with people I disagree with. I'm not like a jerk who's like on his high horse. Like I, and, and it makes for great content because I feel like other people uh, are thinking about this stuff. I feel like I get accused all the time of being a lukewarm Christian. So we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about this topic, the passage in question, what the passage is actually saying, okay? We're going to look at this idea of carnal Christians. We're going to look at um, we're going to look at carnal Christians. We're going to look at disagreeing on secondary issues, and then I'm going to give you guys my example of like a, a metaphor for my childhood of what I think a, luke, a lukewarm Christian actually is. Okay, so buckle up. Okay, buckle up. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of scripture in this one. I know sometimes you guys are like, "Oh, you know, Rustan's like reading from the Bible." Yes, I, I I read from the Bible all the time, guys. All right, so <laughs> it's all good. Lukewarm Christian. Let's go to the passage. Lukewarm Christians. Revelation three fourteen. Now, Revelation. People don't know about Revelation. Is that is one of the most misinterpreted passages. It's one of the most highly debated passages. There's all kinds of different interpretations of, of, of Revelation, okay? Uh, this is written by John the Apostle. Towards the end of his life, he gets this vision. By the way, there's people who believe that a lot of Revelation has already happened. There's people who believe that most of it still has to happen. There's people who believe that it was written about Nero and Rome. There's people who believe that it's written about America and it's going to happen in our lifetime. There's a variety of views, but I'm going to try to be as honest as possible. I went to a bunch of commentaries, a bunch of guys that are way more scholarly. I went to the Hebrew. I'm really trying to present these passages to you. Not as my spin on it, but as, as, as truthfully as what the passages say. So Revelation 3.14, and the angel of the Lord in, I don't know how to say these words, bear with me, uh, Ludicea writes, the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. Okay, this is a real church. This is a church in history. This isn't a future church, it's a real church, okay? So I just want you guys to know that. So again, you could process this how you want to process, but this was a real church. The amen is, uh, is Jesus, and this translation, the beginning of God's creation, uh, it, it almost implies like Jesus was created and he wasn't. It's, it's, it's more like, um, it's, it would translate more, when I looked in the Greek, more of like uh, the, the, from which all of creation came, right? From which all of creation came. And it says, verse 15, he says, I know your works. You are neither hot nor cold, right? Would that... Um, would that you were either hot or cold? Would that? That's such a weird thing to say. Neither hot or cold. Would that you were either hot or cold? So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself, and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen, and uh, solve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. 
If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Okay, so that's the passage. Now, let's look at some context. To give my, I told you guys this was a real place, all right? This is a real place. So uh, I, I think I'm saying this right. Ludicia was 45 miles southeast of Philadelphia and uh, 90 miles east of Ephesus. It's a real church. Okay, by the way, uh, I'm reading the commentary from the Nelson Study Bible, the New King James, uh, one of the dopest study Bibles out there. I've had this thing for like 20 years. It was gifted to me by an elder in my Bible study a long time ago. So this was a real church he's writing to, and it was 45 miles away. It was a wealthy city with thriving banks, a textile industry, and a medical school. The city was also known for its sparse water supply. All of these characteristics are played upon Christ's message of the church. Okay, and then he goes on to say... Um, uh, 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 God's creation indicate that the lethargic Ludician church should pay close attention to his words. The phrase about creation has been interpreted by some to teach that Jesus is the first being that God created. This is certainly not required by Greek's grammar and a contrary to other biblical passages. Christ is described in other passages of the New Testament eternal, right? So, so, so this is like kind of correcting some of the translation issues. And it says here, check this out. Verse 16, it says, uh, cold water is refreshing. Hot water is useful for medical purposes. Luke water is neither. By analogy, the works of the Ludician church made Christ want to vomit the believers out of his mouth. Okay. In this very, uh, in, in this very vivid terms, the Lord rejects the half-hearted efforts of self-satisfied Christians. The Ludician church was spiritually self-deluded because the church was wealthy. It assumed that it had need of nothing when in actuality it was spiritually impoverished. The church believed that because it had expensive garments, it was well clothed when it was really spiritually naked. It believed that physical sight indicated the ability to see spiritually when it was actually blind to spiritual realities, right? God's love for his children manifests itself in rebuke and chastening when they go astray. The intent of the Lord's discipline is for us to profit that we may be partakers of his holiness. Okay, so, um, real place in history, prosperous church, uh, the, the, the water, lukewarm water was useless. Hot water was, was good for medical purposes. Cold water was good for refreshing one's soul. All right. Um, this passage is talking about a literal place that was prosperous. They had a, a, a abundance. They had access to excess, access to excess. And they were self-deluded and thought because they were prosperous that God had to be on their side. Sounds familiar? <laughs> Sounds familiar, right? So uh, what I love about this passage is, this, again, people always read th these passages and they use this, this phrase to dismiss people, not understanding that what is, what is said after this, right? What is said after this? So if you look at verse 19, um, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich in white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen. They were not in a position to buy God's gold, okay? So this is an alluding to God's grace, to God's mercy, that, that he's saying, I'm counseling you to buy from me, but they're not even equipped to buy and, and, and get God's gold because they, 
God's goal is next level. It's this next level standard, right? So it's like this, like kind of like nudge here, like like this, like wink, wink, right? Like I'm trying to tell you to buy gold for me, but they can't afford the gold from God, right? So he's saying, take on my righteousness, right? Um, the shame of your nakedness may not be seen, and uh, soft to anoint your eyes so that you may see those whom I love. I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Behold. I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him, and he with me. Okay, um, Jesus is not knocking at the door like he's a like he's a hobo, right? Like he's a homeless transient man, and he's just walking around knocking on random doors, right? This is not this is not the the, the picture here. Okay, the picture is actually alluding to Luke or it's parallel to Luke 12, uh, 35. This is kind of what it's paralleling to Luke 12, 35, stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may be, uh, so they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are the servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table and he will come and serve them. The master is going to come and serve them, right? This is Jesus talking. This is incredible. If he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, Blessed are those servants, but know this, that if the master of the house had known in what hour the thief was coming, he would have not left his house to be broken into. You must also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So this idea of Jesus coming, knocking at the door, is it, it, it's, it, again, it's not like a transient man who's just randomly pulling up and knocking on doors. No, no, no. This is a master who's coming home. Right? This is a master who's coming home and he's saying, hey, you guys need to be prepared. Be ready. Right? Be ready. So this entire passage is, is packaged in what? Grace, mercy, and being prepared. Preparedness. Right? I'm coming. I'm knocking at the door. Anyone that lets me in, I will have a, a, a feast with. Right? This, this is like a passage and this is written to a specific literal church that was a little too puffed up for their own good. A little too puffed up for their own good. So that is what the actual passage is about. Okay, so before you flippantly use it, before you flippantly use it, let's consider what it's actually written about. And what it's not written about is us to use that passage to people who we disagree with on secondary non-essential issues. What am I talking about? You disagree with someone on alcohol. You think it's not permissible to drink alcohol. I, I think it's permissible to drink alcohol. You then say, Ruslan, you're a lukewarm Christian. You say, hey, man, uh, this 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 specific thing, I think rap music is a sin. And Ruslan, you listen to rap music, you're a lukewarm Christian, right? This is not what this is saying. Stop misapplying this verse to people you disagree with on secondary issues. That is not what this passage is about, okay? This passage is not about that. Okay, this passage is not about secondary non-essential issues. This is written to a church that lost its identity because it prospered and forgot about God. That would that that's what this is talking about and it became it became irrelevant and it frustrated Jesus and this is a correction. This is a rebuke, this is a correction so that so that they would repent, right? That's what this is actually about. 
Now, let's get on this idea of when is it appropriate to judge people? Because we know that if we go to Matthew 7, Jesus says, Judge not that you may judge not that you may not be judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eyes, but do not notice the log that is in your eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there's the log in your eye? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. When we disagree on secondary non-essential issues, like I think it's permissible to listen to Dave Chappelle when Dave Chappelle releases a thing, but you say, no, it's not. And then I say, well, hey, bro, what about all other secular media? What about pop music? Uh, By the way, we're having this conversation on YouTube. What does your YouTube history look like? What does your internet history look like? You see how easily you're calling a speck out of my eye when I could clearly call out a a, a log in your eye because most people who, who hammer home on these secondary issues, these liberty issues, usually have a bigger issue that they're ignoring. Right? You're telling me about Dave Chappelle, but you're looking at pornography. Like, come on, dog. Like, come on. Like, that's not, you see what I'm saying? Like, folks who got their house in order aren't concerned on if Ruslan listens to Joe Budden occasionally, Joe Rogan, or Dave Chappelle. You, You see what I'm saying? So it's like, yo, we have to stop judging on secondary issues. Now, when is it appropriate to judge Christians? When is it appropriate? Let's break it down, okay? This idea of carnal Christians, this whole thing, we're going to talk about it, okay? Uh, this is 1 Corinthians 2, uh, 2.15. I'm going to start there. I'm going to read through passages. Remember, we don't do single verses here. We do passages and preferably chapters. I don't have enough time to go through the entire book of 1 Corinthians, but if you're struggling with this idea of carnality, if you're struggling with this idea of, um, of, of, of carnality, of carnal Christians, whatever, judgment, I highly recommend you sit through the book, of 1 Corinthians. I highly recommend you study it. You study what was going on in Corinthians. There's a lot of parallels to today. So let's let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse uh, verse 15. Okay? I'm just going to read this as plainly as I can to you guys so, so that we can settle these matters. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no man, for who has understood the mind of the Lord, so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So he's saying the spiritual person judges all things, but is himself not to be judged. He says, uh, meaning that the revelation that the spiritual person is getting could be personal to some degree, and that he has the mind of Christ, right? He says, but I, brothers, cannot address you as spiritual people. Wait a minute. Paul is writing a church, writing scripture, to a church in the New Testament, and he says to them, but I, brothers, I, I cannot address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. He says, I fed you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way. And then he goes on to say, hey, this person's talking about they follow Paul. This person's talking about I follow Apollos. Now, this is pretty brutal if you think about it, right? He's writing. Think about that. Just just let that sit in. The apostle Paul, 
who wrote the majority of our New Testament letter, is writing a church, and in some translations it says, you are carnal. He's writing a church, and in some translations he says, you are carnal. Okay, so this whole notion of like Christians who are carnal, da 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 right? There's a book in the New Testament written by the Apostle Paul to a church who is acting in the flesh. Think about that, all right? And check out what he goes on to say. Later on, chapter 4, he says, I do not write these things to you to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. Whoa, what? I do not write these things. I'm, I mean, these are some harsh things. You're not, you're, you're not spiritual. You're of the flesh. You're carnal. You're still on milk. I want to give you meat, but you can't handle it. Right? These are some hard truths he's saying to them. And he says, by the way, I do not write these things to you to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ uh, Jesus through the gospel. I urge you, be imitators of me. This is why I sent you Timothy, my beloved and faithful child to the Lord. Okay, this is pretty wild. This is some, this is like, think about the, think about the implications of this. Now let's scroll down to chapter five. Okay, chapter five. All of you guys who are like, oh, worldly, worldly Christian, listen to the context of this, okay? And the question of, is it who's supposed to be judging who? Verse, uh, chapter five, it says, it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that is not tolerated even amongst the pagans. For a man has his father's wife. Wow. Y'all don't be reading your Bibles. Y'all ain't really be in the scriptures like that. Paul is writing a church in the New Testament. He's calling them his children. He's saying, I'm not writing to shame you. But what's revealed in the passage? That there's sexually immora- sexual immorality. Guys, there was sexual immorality of the kind that not even the pagans tolerated. You know the godless pagans? You know the people that don't have no concept, no moral, no moral standard? Wow. Like, let this sink in for a minute. Now, let's, let's go back to it. He says, he says, he says right, we, we, we live in a tolerance culture. We live in a tolerance culture, right? You know, tolerate, tolerate, tolerate everybody but Christians, right? Tolerate everybody that doesn't, except the people that don't tolerate your sin. He says, <laughs> he says, there's a sexual morality and of a kind that is not tolerated even amongst the pagans, right? For a man has his father's wife. There's a dude in the church sleeping with his stepmom. Lord have mercy, right? And he said, and he look, look what he says. He says, he says, and you are arrogant. Ought you not rather mourn? Let him who has done this be removed from among you. How is this dude still in church? Right? Yeah, this I'm reading from the ESV. For though absent in body, I am present in spirit, and as if present, I have already pronounced judgment on the one who did such a thing. When you are assembled in the name of the Lord Jesus. And my spirit is present with the power of our Lord Jesus. You are to deliver this man to Satan. What? You are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction. For the destruction of the flesh. So that his spirit may be saved in the next day of the Lord. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little little leaven leavens the whole lump? And this, again, this passage. You listen to secular music, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. 
That is not what that passage is saying. That is not what it's talking about. It's just talking about a dude sleeping with his stepmom and the church is cool with it. Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are leaven. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival, not with the old leaven, the leaven of the malice and evil, but with unleavened bread of sincerity. Wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. Mm Hmm. Not at all, meaning the sexually immoral of this world or the greedy idolaters or swindlers. Since then, you you would need to go out of the world. What? Paul is saying, I didn't tell you to not affiliate with people who are uh, sexually immoral in the world. I'm saying, that's not what I said. You wouldn't be able to affiliate yourself with anybody. You wouldn't be able to do anything. He says, but now I am writing you to not associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or an idolater or rivaler or drunkard or swindler, not even to eat with such a man. I think we got it backwards. I think we never got this revelation. I think we read Paul's first writings. I don't know what what letter he's talking about, right? But apparently at one point he writes them. He says, don't associate with sexual immoral people. He says, so it's like we, in in America, we got that part, right? Like we got like the, oh yeah, don't, you know, don't, don't be, don't tolerate people's sin, right? And he's like, no, what I was actually saying was don't tolerate people's sin that are in the church. That's what I was actually talking about. Because if you can't tolerate people's sin in the world, you wouldn't be able to be around anybody. Again, verse 11. Hey, I didn't make it up. I didn't. This is not Ruslan. This is what the scriptures say. Okay, this is this is the scriptures talking. Don't be mad at me. Take it up with Paul. But now I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty, if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or as an idolater, rivaler, drunkard, or swindler, not to even eat with such a one, okay? For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? Who are we to judge? Those inside the church. Those inside the, this is, this is clear as day to me. Inside the church, Okay? Um, Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil from among you. Wow. Okay. That's, uh, that's heavy. I feel like we got it backwards. I feel like we got it backwards. I feel like we, we judge those inside. We don't judge those inside. We don't judge the dude that you know is sleeping with his girlfriend flippantly. We don't judge the couple that's living together before marriage, sexually immoral. We don't, right? We don't judge those. We look the other way when, when, when that youth pastor has a few too many drinks, right? We look the other way. But then those folks who are, who are outside of the church, those folks who are in, you know, the alphabet community, as Dave Chappelle would say, right? That we start judging those people, trying to hold them to standards that they never signed up for um, with hearts that are not regenerated, with eyes that can't see the spiritual implications of their actions. That doesn't mean you don't tell people about the legal, uh, the, 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 the righteousness of God. That doesn't mean you don't tell people about the moral standards of God. It just means don't judge them, right? That just means don't judge them. Judge those inside the church now. Now, who are we to judge those inside the church? What it was it was pretty clear, was it not? Was it was was it not? Hey, the sex the sexually immoral in the church? 
the greedy in the church, the idolater in the church, the drunk in the church. So this gentleman who sent me the text message asking about Lecrae and Lecrae being a lukewarm Christian, I said, bro, if Lecrae was openly drunk on social media, then yeah, maybe you could say that. If Lecrae was openly, flippantly cheating on his wife, then maybe you could say that. But you're mad at Lecrae because he doesn't, he he doesn't want to, at one point, not even currently, he didn't want to be called a Christian rapper, so you think he's a lukewarm Christian because your political leanings are different than his? No. That's not that's not what that's not the that's not what that passage is about. Right? So we're flippantly using this whole like lukewarm Christian, so-and-so is a lukewarm Christian, right? And it's that's not even that's not even what the instruction in scripture is. I know it's not cool to like actually study scripture anymore, right? And so 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 let's get to these secondary issues. Let's get to these secondary issues and what they look like. Right and what they look like. So Romans fourteen. We're gonna to go to Romans fourteen. And this is this is Paul writing them, and he says, "As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions." Okay, one person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despises the one who abstains. Let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Shout out to all you vegans, right? We can still be friends. If you come over to dinner, I'm not going to, like, be flippant with my liberty in front of you. We can still be friends. We're not going to quarrel over opinions and nonsense, though. We're not going to go in circles about non-essentials. You're my friend. Shout out to the vegans. Straight up. Shout out to the Seventh-day Adventists, right? They, they like, they're there on the vegetable kick. They want to honor the Sabbath, right? He goes on to say, he says, Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? Is it before his own master that he stands or falls? And he will be upheld for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike, right? Alan Parr just did a masterful uh, discussion with Justin on uh, the Seventh-day Adventism. Go watch it. Hey, all y'all that hit me with the, what do you think about the Sabbath? Just go watch Alan Parr's videos. Just go watch that, right? Just go watch that. Don't ask, I don't want to know more questions about the Sabbath, right? I think this is pretty straightforward. They would interpret this verse different. I think it reads pretty straightforward. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord since he gives thanks to the Lord. While the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live unto the Lord. If we die, we die unto the Lord. So then whether we live, we die, we, we, are, to, we, are, we, we are the Lord's. Okay, now the, the scriptures, didn't know if you knew this, the scriptures are silent on some things. They're silent on secular music, right? They're silent on, I don't know, secular podcast, secular, secular stand-up comedy, right? There's just some things that the scriptures are silent on. I would put a lot of those things in that category. Some things, uh, Democrat versus Republican goes in this category for me. 
right? Goes in this category for me. So, um, he says, he says, uh, verse nine, verse nine, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord of both of the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? This is the kind of judgment that's not good. Christian rapper, rapper, that's Christian. Bad judgment. Bad judgment. Or why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment of God. My heart, guys, is, is and this is Trey Van Camp. Shout out to Pastor Trey Van Camp. You're really convicting me on this. Don't be a Pharisee to the Pharisees. Whew, that's hard. Because I just want to dunk on these folks who like literally don't know the scriptures. Like they literally have never read this passage. They've never read the book of Corinthians. I really want to dunk on these people. And even as I'm like doing this video, I'm trying to not be like a jerk about this stuff. Right? Don't be a Pharisee to the Pharisees. Right? For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Right? And then it goes on, uh, again, another misinterpreted scripture about not causing your brother to stumble. Go and uh, watch. We did a whole stop quoting that Bible verse about not causing your brother to stumble. You should go watch that. There's like an hour-long discussion. That verse does not mean knowledge of liberty is the same as causing somebody to stumble huge mis misinterpretation of it quite simply if you have knowledge that i make rap music but rap music causes you to stumble it doesn't mean that i should stop making rap music that is a misapplication of that verse okay if you know i have a freedom if you, if you if your knowledge is i have freedom to uh i don't know listen to joe rogan and that's a stumbling block for you it is you knowing you having knowledge of my freedom is not causing you to stumble what's causing you to stumble is if you come over to my house and I know this is a weakness for you and I'm flippant with my liberty in front of you. Paul didn't stop eating meat, by the way, right? So you can go watch that. You can go watch that. Um, so to be clear, to be clear, who are we to judge? Not those, not those in the world. When, who are we to judge? Those in the church who are flippant, with a few specific sins, sexual immorality, sexual immorality, idolatry, right? That That is who we are to judge, right? Greed, drunkenness, okay? That is who we are to judge. What are we not to judge those in the church for? Hey, secondary issues, non-essential secondary issues, non-essential secondary issues, Issues that if you judge me about something, I could point out something to you. You're talking about the speck in my eye. I could point out the plank in your eye. All you goofballs who are like, Ruslan's watching Joe Rogan. What's your internet browser history look like? Or do you use the incognito browser? You think you're slick. God sees you. You tripping about me watching Joe Budden or Joe Rogan or Dave Chappelle, right? And you using incognito browsers. <laughs> God sees you, right? You see, you see what I'm saying? So, what does being lukewarm look like? I'll, I'll bring it full circle. I'll tell you guys a quick story. When I was a kid, I grew up in San Diego, a, a neighborhood called Normal Heights. It wasn't very normal. It was, it was kind of rough, if I'm going to be honest with you guys. And I was about seven or eight years old, and I, was, I, I had gotten my first bike. And um, first bike was whatever. It was, it was one of the bikes that, like, 
kept, uh, the chain kept falling off. I don't know if you guys remember this or if this is even a thing. Maybe it was just my generation, maybe because I had a, a cheap bike. And I had this bike, and the chain kept falling off, and I had to keep reattaching the chain. Like, this was a daily thing. It was extremely frustrating, and you had to get the goo, whatever. Cheap bike. So around the age of seven, eight, maybe nine, um, I thought it would be a good idea to um, to play like a game of chicken with cars. Uh, let me explain. In San Diego, we have these things called alleys, and we would have a main street. I was on off of Thirty Third Street in Madison, right? There's a main street. John Adams was like the real big street, like the main, like. Not, not like a freeway, but like our big street where everything was off. And then it was 33rd, and then there was a, a cross street, and then the other street, which was like 33rd and, I don't know, 32nd. And in between these streets, we'd have alleys, right? The alleys was like where the trash went and all these different things. And so 33rd, um, 32nd, and then there's like Madison, right, going between, and there's an alley. And so what I thought would be a good idea, because I was a freaking idiot as a child, and I was extremely unsupervised, is I thought it'd be a good idea to ride my bike at full speed through the alley, crossing this this more busier street that I couldn't see if there were cars coming on. I would just go really, 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 really fast, and I would just whoosh, slide through the street, and, you know, sometimes there would be a car coming. So I wasn't playing chicken, like the car was coming at me. It was more like the cars were coming from the side. And again, this isn't like a, a crazy, like 20 miles an hour, 25 miles an hour speed limit, right? And so I'm, I'm crossing and I'm going as fast as I could. And I just got a thrill out of it. I don't know how I don't know how I came up with this game. I don't know what the point of it was. I had no idea how I ended up doing this. But this is the, the dumb stuff, the shenanigans. This is what an unsupervised seven or eight-year-old does. So one day, I'm ru- I'm I'm running, <laughs> I'm riding my bike, going as fast as I can. And sure enough, this day I did not win the game of Ruslan Roulette. This day, I got hit. Going through, I remember it so vividly. I'm going through. Here's 33rd Street. I'm here. I'm riding my bike. This this poor, this poor traumatized person had no idea what was happening. I'm riding my bike. Bam! I get hit. Full on, like flew off the car. And car couldn't have been going more than 30 miles an hour. Fall off the car. Fall off my bike. Land. And I knew, I knew, I knew I was an idiot. I knew I was an idiot. I popped up and, and, and like, like, like grabbed my bike and just ran off. And the bike was jacked, right? The, the, the bike was jacked. I don't, I don't remember if I, I grabbed a bike or not. And I ran to my, uh, there was a friend that lived like the first complex through the alley. So I run in, go to my friend's house. And I'm like, you know, I got hit by a car. Thank God there was no damage on me. I don't, I think maybe like I skinned myself. No blood, no broken bones, nothing like that. But I got, it was pretty hard. Like it was hard. I got hit hard enough that it destroyed my bike and I fell off the bike. And this poor traumatized person tried to stick around, figure out who I was, the whole gamut. And, (laughs) and, um, Long story short, then like they found out who I was and I think they ended up buying me like a new bike or something. I left the scene. 
I had left the scene, right? So why am I telling you guys this story? Being lukewarm is like playing Russian roulette with sin, okay? It's not a secondary, discretionary, we agree to disagree on politics, we agree to disagree on secular music, we agree to disagree on this doctrine, we agree to disagree on this end times view. We No, 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 no. Being lukewarm is when you have the gall to ride your bike at full speed and not know if there's a car coming from your left or your right. Being lukewarm is seeking the thrill and the adrenaline that sin brings, not being sure if you can scathe away and not get hit. Being lukewarm is then when you do get hit, Your dumb butt knows the shame that you have caused yourself for being an idiot and you run away from the scene. Being lukewarm is playing with God. And that's what I was doing. I was, I could have died. I was playing with God. I was, right? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you guys watching this, you've been playing with God. You've been going and hooking up. Right? In the middle of the pandemic, (laughs) on that goofy app, and you've been playing with God. You've been playing with God, and you think nobody knows, and you've gotten away with it a few times. Right? Some of y'all been playing with God. Some of y'all been going out, and you've been getting drunk, and you think nobody knows. You've been playing with God. You're playing with God. Ruslan Roulette. <laughs> You've gotten away with it so far. You think you think God don't see you. He sees you, right? He sees you. And you think that you, you think that he's angry at you. He's not. He's concerned. He's concerned for you, right? And so this passage of the lukewarm is. It's a serious accusation. This is not, right? This is a serious accusation, but it goes back to Revelation verse, uh, verse, uh, chapter 3, verse, verse 19. It says, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. This is God's word for you today. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him. Jesus is knocking. Jesus is telling you, listen, I'm the master of your life. Open the door. Open the door. I want to come in and have a meal with you. I want to come in and catch up. I want to come in and see, why are you behaving this way, son? Why are you behaving this way, child? What are you doing? The wages of sin is death. Don't you know that you can die? You can die. Like you're you're playing with fire, being lukewarm. And it's, it's not about, again, these are not secondary issues. Paul was clear. We're talking sexual immorality. We're talking getting drunk. We're talking talking cheating on your taxes. Oh, yes, tax time is coming around. You claiming some people, you claiming some people that you shouldn't claim to get that extra refund, right? 
This, these are some serious things that you're playing with, and the consequences on this side are dangerous, like, like bodily dangerous. You going to hook up with somebody that you've never met? This, there's, forget like STDs and all that. Yes, there's, you're like you're physically could be a danger. Like who knows who's on the other side of that encounter, right? You mess around and get audited by the IRS like that. That's some you playing with the wrong people. Right? You getting drunk and you think you could drive while you're drunk and you could die. Right? So the question of how are we to judge who we these are the, the this is the severity I think that it's talking about. This is the stuff that I think that we need to be mindful of and diligent to search our own hearts. Right? Diligent to search our own hearts. I was sitting there last night, I was watching a a, a show. The first episode was really cool. And uh, it's I don't want to get into what the show was, and uh, and 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 a set, I think I was on like the third episode, and it was like a thirty minute comedy show, and I and I was like, this is inappropriate, like I turned it off, and I'm like I'm not gonna watch that. This, the, epi- the episode was raunchy. I may never even watch the show again, right? And so again, it's not about secular, or not secular. I watched the first two episodes. I, I was fine. My wife was with me. Like it was funny, but then it got to a specific part. I was like, I'm not. Nah, I'm not fooling with this. I'm good. Right, I'm good. So, guys, be vigilant over your own life. Be vigilant over the things you need to deal with. Right? Don't judge other people. Take the plank out of your own eye. Right? Examine your own heart. What's going on? If you got, if this video was helpful, I'm glad. I got another video you can watch about overcoming urges. Over, I think it's one of the most important videos I made. Overcoming urges, uh, sexual urges, discipline, the life of a disciple. Check that video out. All right, check that video out. If you guys like this video, give this video a like, share it with somebody. Hopefully, I can trim it down so it's palatable, and um, and um, and we'll uh, we'll stay locked in. All right, love you guys. Kingstream Entertainment, Bruce Lawn. Joshua the King came down and bore it all. Yeah, conversations front of the fireplace. All of my mistakes out of I erase. Wanna operate at a higher pace. Birth pains causing the body to dilate. On a first name basis.